The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Former First Lady Michelle Obama has a new book coming out. It's called The Light We Carry, and it's a follow-up to her highly acclaimed Becoming memoir. And in it, she apparently talks quite a bit about her relationship with former President Barack Obama. Not surprising. What is surprising, or maybe not so surprising, but is apparently surprising to some, is a revelation in that book about her marriage to the president. The surprise? That things are not perfect inside the Obama marriage. As she writes in the book, people often reach out to me seeking relationship advice. They remark on photographs they have seen of me and Barack together, the two of us laughing or sharing a look, appearing content to be side by side, deducing that we enjoy each other's company. They ask how we've managed to stay both married and unmiserable for 30 years now, and I want to say, yes, truly, it's a surprise to us too sometimes. And really, I'm not joking, we have our issues, of course, but I love the man and he loves me, now still and seemingly forever. And that's the part that I find fascinating is that people looking in from the outside at their marriage are apparently stunned to discover that the Obamas have challenges and friction points and difficulties and nevertheless manage to make it work. And the reason I find it surprising that they find it surprising is that there's nothing surprising about that whatsoever. Just looking specifically at the Obamas, of course you have two very high-performing, highly intelligent, capable, driven, visionary people that means there's going to be friction, but there's always friction. No matter how much you appreciate another person, there are always going to be friction spots. In fact, honestly, if there are no friction spots, that's a great concern. Because most likely the only reason that you don't feel those friction moments is because somebody's hiding it. Or somebody's pretending like it's not there. And those are far more damaging to a relationship's long-term success than airing them, discussing them, and working on them. But I suspect the reason this is surprising to people about the Obamas is because they have a mistaken notion about how marriages last. Now, look, I've only been married 25 years, so I'm not an expert. The Obamas have been married 30 years. And likewise, I'm sure they'd say that they're not the experts just yet. You know, check in on us when we have 50 years under our belt, maybe. But after a couple of decades of doing this thing, I'll tell you what I think everybody else who's been married a couple of decades or more of doing this thing will say. It takes work. It's not always easy. It's not always natural. Living with another person in the house and probably kids and probably financial struggles and conflicting visions of what the world is supposed to look like is always going to be challenging. And I think what happens for a lot of people is when they get into that situation that they run into challenges, even very serious ones, is they kind of compare the marriage they're having against some fictional fairy tale ideal in which everything goes smoothly all the time and we rode off into the sunset together like the prince and the princess and the fairy tale and it's all been roses and rainbow puppies ever since. Well, I don't know anybody who's got that. I mean, God bless them if they do, but I've never met a person who's had that experience. So if we think about the categories of marriage, and I think there are basically four, call that the first category, the one in which it's always easy forever and ever, amen? Well, that one doesn't exist, except in the movies, which is part of the problem because by perpetuating that notion about what a marriage is supposed to look like, 
You give people false expectations, and then they're easily disappointed with the reality of finding out that it's not like that, and they might even think, oh, I didn't find the right one person. Well, there is no one person. There's not some magical, single, solitary individual out there waiting for you to bump into at the line at Taco Bell and make a life with them forever. There's all kinds of people that you could be married to. You have a spark, you make a choice, you make a commitment, and then you work at it. And that's the second category of a marriage, the one in which both people commit to the thing, work hard at it, make allowances for each other, forgive each other, pray with each other, you know, work it out over time. Now, from my perspective, again, a quarter of a century in, being good friends with somebody is a great foundation for the relationship because you're going to spend a lot more time doing friend-type things and having trust and having common interests and being able to get along and common sense of humor. Those are all things that help tremendously. But still, commitment, work, forgiveness, those are the things that make a marriage last over a long haul. Or at least that's what all of my longtime married friends say. So it is that second category of marriage that people ought to have as a goal, which apparently is just like what the Obamas have. They even went through counseling for a while. Why? Because you get outside advice. You get the input of somebody who's going to care about you and see things dispassionately and give you loving, caring guidance. That's healthy. So what is the third category of a marriage? Well, this is a little difficult one to talk about, but sometimes people stay married and everything looks okay on the outside because... They hide the problems. They deny the problems. Or they just plain put up with them without ever really confronting and challenging them. And if you just endure for long enough, eventually you're married for three or four decades. Now, that might not be a great alternative. It might not be a healthy alternative. But it is an example that I think you see with a lot of people. They just don't quit. And there's a value to just not quitting. I mean, it is the nature of the value you make, right? And the fourth category of marriage, of course, is the one that ends. And there are all kinds of reasons that marriages end. But I am more and more convinced as time goes on that the main reason marriages end is precisely because people don't work at it and because they have an unrealistic picture of what a healthy marriage looks like and they continue to think that the one they've got doesn't fit the bill. Now, there are absolutely, genuinely unhealthy marriages. And I don't know whether those can always be saved. I'm not pretending to pontificate about that. But I am saying if you have an unrealistic picture of what a healthy marriage looks like and you use that to allow yourself to be talked into the notion that this marriage is bad simply because it's challenging and difficult and takes work, well, that is certainly a recipe for disaster. So I very much appreciate the example and the illustration that former First Lady Michelle Obama and Barack Obama give of people who acknowledge that it's not always easy and yet they manage to make it work anyway. Or as I sometimes like to tell people, a good marriage is not something you discover. A good marriage is something that you create. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.